It says, keep me free. Born again believer, are you are you living your life out? <clears throat> I got a moment, I got a minute, got a little time. Born again believer, are you living your life out? Are you living it out in Christ? Are you living your life out in his presence? Are you living your life out in his mindset? Are you living your life out in his mindset? Or are you just consumed, born again believer, by, by the ills of the world? You know, you can be so consumed by the ills of the world that you never get to live your life. You never get around to living your life. You can be so consumed with things, paying bills and making arrangements. And not that those things are not necessary, but everything has to have its place and its time, see. And you know, you, you and I, we are responsible for time management. That's part of your stewardship to your life is your time management. God will not come and manage your time. The Holy Spirit will not come and manage your time. Jesus will not come and manage your time. But the enemies of our Lord will come and steal your time. They'll come and destroy your time. They'll come and kill the potential life that's left within the time that you have. So you only have time to live. <clears throat> you hear me? I, I got to say that again because I don't think somebody heard me. Everybody you see is alive. And this is their time to live. While you were here in this time that you lived, did you ever think about devoting some time to knowing the Lord? And see, I understand that somebody may not believe in Jesus fundamentally. It's a fascinating story. It's a story to be told. It's the story of stories. It's the stories of all times. As a matter of fact, all stories are based around this one premise, and that is something lost. Something trying to be regained. Something trying to be found. A kingdom seeking to be rediscovered. A heritage seeking to be claimed. Well, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And all the horror shows that the world presents him, that he has to watch. All the horror shows that we perpetrate on one another, that he has to have knowledge of because he got to bring judgment on it. The Holy Spirit got to bring judgment on it. 
Forgive me, Lord, for every time I subjected your angels to my mess because they had to write it down. Forgive me, Lord, when I subjected your ministering angels to my crap and they had to witness it because witness it because it's their job to write it down. So you got angels that write down everything you say. I'm sorry. God got tattletellers. You got angels that write down everything you think. I'm sorry. God got tattletellers. I'm sorry. God got angels, ministering angels that watch you. Why? Because it ain't about you. It's presiding over the spirit that you got. See, when you was born, when you was born into this world, God placed his spirit inside of you. And these angels is watching over God's investment. He got investment. These angels are watching over God's investment to see if it can get some return out of your life. You see, everybody that's born into the world has the potential to be an investment property to God in the name of Jesus. I don't know, but the heart will tell it to be so, is that you are an investment property to the Holy Spirit, and you got to understand that, and when you understand it, then you can begin to understand how to walk. You got to begin, you can begin to understand how to talk. You can begin to understand how to focus your understanding in your thought life. See, that's the second phase. The first phase was taking control of your thought life. I don't suppose to, I, it's not, I'm not supposed to think like that because my Lord don't think like that. I'm not supposed to take up that kind of attitude because my Lord don't have that kind of attitude. I'm not supposed to entertain that kind of tomfoolery in the thought. Why? Because that's not the way my Lord Jesus talks. That's not the way he relates to me. Why? Because I have an understanding of it by his Psalms, by his Proverbs, by Ecclesiastes. I understand the sound of my Lord's voice. I understand the way he enunciates his words. I just don't pick up any language that comes to my mind and run with it anymore. See, the first part was bringing your thoughts under control. If you want to call this part two, let's call it part two. But the second part is beginning to understand how to direct your thought life. See, now you're mining the gold mines. Now you're mining the silver mines of the spirit. Now you're mining the gold mines of the spirit. Now you're mining the silver mines of the spirit. Now you're picking up the rubies. Now you're picking up the emeralds. Now you're picking up the diamonds. Now you're picking up the gold that's laid out on the shore. Now, because you're beginning to direct your thoughts, you're beginning to realize that every thought comes to you has to have a destination. And you're the one that sits at the table of the destination of thoughts and it's your job to determine if this thought needs to be rejected or if this thought can be incorporated into some greater understanding. If the Holy Spirit sees so, says so, shows you so, you got to be in touch with that thing as you sit at the table of your thought life and determine what you should receive and what you should reject. See, my goal is to be a good thought manager. I just don't want to be a good thought manager only, but I want to be a good thought director. 
I want to be a director of my thoughts. I want to tell my thoughts. Now you go over there and find out the will of the Lord. I want to tell my thoughts. You go over there and find out what the will of the Lord is over there. I want you to direct my thoughts. I want to direct my thoughts and find out what his will has to say about the real that I'm in because I'm in some real mess and I need to understand the greater voice than the one I got because you see the one I got is always infiltrated by your enemy spirit. See, the enemy spirit infiltrates my mind. Your enemy spirit, the enemy that hates you, the enemy that hates you, Lord Jesus, tries to infiltrate my mind. The enemy spirit that hates you, Lord Jesus, tries to infiltrate my heart, tries to infiltrate my future and my destiny, getting me abort what you have for my life. See, I got to push this thing out. See, when you're having a baby, you got to push and your breaths are slow. You're pushing out. See, you're pushing out another life. You're pushing out another you. You're pushing out the spiritual you. You're birthing the spiritual person that you are in the name of Jesus. That person needs to come out. You need to birth your spiritual individuality. You need to birth your spiritual visual in validity. You need to come up on out of that thing and you need to make it a part of your life. You need to make your spirit a part of your life. You need to be born again. Born again in your mind. Born again in your heart. Born again in your spirit. You got to get something else up out of you. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know it can't be held. I know it can't be touched. I know it can't be understood. I know you're talking about what, man? You're talking about me becoming somebody different. You're talking about me forgetting who I am and becoming somebody different. You're asking me to do the impossible. Yes, I'm asking you to do the impossible, but the impossible that you need to do is to release something into the one that makes it all possible for all things are possible to him that sits on the throne. So you don't have a lazy God. See, you don't have a lazy back door, backwoods God. You don't have a lazy God that just lay around on a mat. You don't have a lazy God that just poses in one position and can't move. You don't have a lazy God that can't even pick up a, a, a in the name of Jesus. You don't have a lazy God that just wants to be carried around in the name of Jesus. See, you got to direct your thoughts. You got to direct your thoughts in the name of Jesus. I ain't pointing no fingers. I'm just saying my God didn't <laughs> come to earth in the name of Jesus. And if he was carried around on something, it was carried around. He was carried around on the back of a donkey because a donkey was the only thing that was humble enough to carry my God. A donkey was the only creature on this earth. The Lord God seemed worthy enough to carry his son. No, a donkey, her name of Jesus, was the only humble, humble servant of the Lord in the natural world, in the creature world, in the animal world that was willing to carry my Lord. 
that was willing to humble itself, that came in, came up humble, came in, came up serving, came in, came up about what you want in the name of Jesus. You can get on my back, Lord. You can ride me in the town. I don't mind. I don't mind. Ain't nobody ever rode me before. And if you if you don't understand this, you can't just get on something that ain't never been rode. You just can't get on a horse that's never been rode. You just can't get on something that's never been rode before. You got to understand this man. See, he got on a, 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 a donkey that was never been ridden before. Nobody ever sat down on it. Who can do that in the name of Jesus? You got to understand who you're dealing with. You just don't get on a horse, just don't get on a donkey that's never been ridden before, that's never had the weight of a human being on top of it before, and just glide in the town. You just don't do that with a normal man. You just don't do that with a normal man. Look at your king. Look at your king coming, <laughs> riding on the back of a donkey, the king of Israel, riding on the back of a donkey. See, you don't understand God's heart. God is a heart, has a heart of humanity. Humility. God has a heart of humility and you need to know his humility because you don't want to know his right hand of judgment. <laughs> Not before it's time. You better wait your time. Wait your turn to go see your living God. You better ask to be invited up to come see him. You better stop pushing the button on the front door trying to get in and see your God so you can present your demands to him. You need to back up off that, that doorbell requiring, asking, begging him to open up. See, when he opened that door, you got to understand he going to ask you where you been, what you been doing, what have you been using your thought mind on, what have you been using your time on. He going to ask you about yourself. Everybody want to go meet God. Do you really? Everybody talking about, oh, they can't wait. To, can you not really? If you can't wait for him to come back, what are you doing for his return to come back? What are you doing to make a way to make it easier to prepare somebody to prepare something? Can you prepare something for his return? Have you prepared anything for the Lord Jesus Christ's return? Have you put your heart to anything? Have you put your elbow grease on anything to help with the process of his return? You see, that's a big question with a lot of question marks attached to it. But you need to find out what you can do. You need to find out what the Lord would have you to do to bring about to help his return. See, that's when you enter into your purpose. It could be feeding hungry. It could be clothing naked. It could be all types of stuff. It could be any of those types of things. But you need to find out what God has called you to do that will bring about, that helps bring about his return. What are you doing about it? If you know he's coming back, what are you doing about it? If you know he's coming back. See, that's the direction of your thoughts, see. It all became clear. You got to control your thought life, bring another subjection to your spirit. And the next phase is to direct your thoughts, see, direct your thoughts towards your Lord, direct your thoughts towards his coming, direct your thought 
thoughts towards his glory. Direct your thoughts. Let him be the centerpiece of your life. The centerpiece. Your mind is going out to meet him. Your mind is always going out to meet him. You're not sedentary. You're not just sitting down. You're just not relaxing necessarily. So you're going out to meet your God in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, in your will, in your existence, in your whole personality is going out to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe sometimes that's why people can't necessarily relate to you because you're going out to meet a man. They want a man to come out and meet them. We all got our own paths. I learned the secret. You better go out to meet them. Because see, that's what that scripture means. Is that, that they, you know, it's like the man went away and he left some people in charge. See, and say, well, the master gone, so we gonna, you know, beat it to servants and, and get drunk and be all kind of things. He ain't coming back yet. He ain't, he ain't coming back quite. I I can I can get this money, so to speak. I can I can sleep with all these women. He ain't coming back just yet. See. I can do all this stuff. That's how I used to live. You know, I can do all this stuff. I can be that. I can be this. I can be a liar. I can be a cheat. I can be all this stuff. I can do all this. He ain't coming back yet. I got time to get myself together. I got time. See, See, you don't understand, though. I didn't understand. You don't understand that repentance has to be granted to you. You just can't all of a sudden one day say, I'm sorry. That's it. No, repentance has to be granted to your heart before it is true even to you. That's that whole idea is that we can act a fool right now. And God will forgive me. You see, you got, you're playing Russian roulette with God, see. You're playing spiritual Russian roulette with God, see? You need to direct your thoughts and learn how to direct your thoughts towards him, see? And in him, and allow his mindset to be incorporated in the flow of your thought stream every day, every moment. And when you find yourself out of the thought stream of the Lord, you can jump on back in because you already been in. You already done dipped your toe in. You know he's good. You know he's sweet. So you really ain't going nowhere. That's the direction of your thought life. This is your first responsibility. In the name of Jesus. 18 minute preacher. Trying to be disciplined. Trying. Help me.